Welcome to episode 174 of the Scanner School Podcast, where we teach you everything to know about the scanner radio hobby. All the notes from today's podcast can be found on our website at scannerschool.com slash session 174. Today's podcast is sponsored by our two brand new training courses. Our free SDR course, The Ultimate Beginner's Guide to Software Defined Radio, will get you started with SDRs in an afternoon. We will show you what hardware and accessories to buy to get started with Software Defined Radio. Then we'll show you the step-by-step how-to to install the drivers, tune your first frequency with SDR Sharp, and then have you monitoring digital at the end of this free course. Our advanced course continues with beginner's course left off and levels up your SDR experience. In this course, you'll learn even more about software-defined radio. We will show you how you can substitute an SDR for your high-end digital scanner, how to monitor HD radio, monitor trunk systems and overhead data with Unitrunker, and even how to monitor all the talk groups on a system and never miss a beat with SDR trunk. You can sign up for both courses at courses.scannerschool.com. Before we start this week's podcast, I'd like to take a moment to thank our Patreon supporters. Patreon is a month-to-month sponsorship platform. We have three different support tiers, each with different benefits. But the most valuable tier is our $5 a month tier. This equates to sponsoring the podcast for about a dollar per episode. Now, not only do our $5 Patreon supporters receive the podcast early, but they also receive a commercial-free version of the podcast delivered directly to their podcast player. Some may say that the included squelchy sticker pack that is mailed to your home is the best benefit of the $5 level, but I think it's the community or the club that is growing at this level. You see, we meet once a month on Zoom, and we have a roundtable discussion about scanning, ask questions, offer advice. Some of the members are answering other people's questions, and we just talk with our fellow scanner school classmates. This is an exclusive group for our $5 Patreon members. Now, again, if all this wasn't enough at that level, you'll also receive discounts to upcoming Scanner School courses and offerings. Now, you can help support Scanner School by going to www.scannerschool.com slash Patreon or www.scannerschool.com slash support. Now, I'd like to thank all of our Patreon supporters at all levels, and they are Blurpy Benner, Brian King, Buzz Gold, Chris Paris, Craig Harper, Dan, Dave Pasco, David C., Danny Crotty, Ed Walsh, Eddie K., Edward Bramblett, Evan Barak, Gary Fletcher, Guy Lee, James Broxson, James Felling, James Peruta, Jeff Block, Jenny Taylor, Jim Heinrich, John Goldenberg, Ken Newberry, Kevin Zwicky, Lenny Bauer, Les Stevenson, Mark Beebe, Mason Kramer, Michael Kroger, Paul Teal, Raymond Hill, Richard Armstrong, Robert, Robert Kanzler, Ronnie Bach, Sal Marandola, Signals Everywhere, Tim Mazza, Todd Glendie, and William Arcand. Now let's start the podcast. Welcome to The Scanner School, a podcast dedicated to the scanner radio hobby. Class is about to begin. Here is your host, Phil Lichtenberger. Hey, how you doing? My name is Phil Lichtenberger. My amateur radio call sign is W2LE, and welcome to Scanner School. This podcast is here to teach you everything to know about the scanner radio hobby, and we are looking to help you with your scanner radio questions. Yes, you've been hearing me over the last couple weeks give the same speech. It's because I'm running a little long questions here, plus I want to help you earn a free tutoring session. So here's how it works. If you leave us a question using SpeakPipe or our local 516 number, again, 516-308-2885, and if we use your question on a future upcoming Ask Scanner School episode of the podcast, you're in a running for a free tutoring session. 
Now, you can always ask your question via email or using the contact form on the website. Yeah, we'll answer your question. But again, we're only offering the free tutoring sessions to anybody who uses their own voice. It's kind of an incentive to have you come on the podcast and ask your question. Now, if you just want additional help and you want to hire me as a one-on-one, again, you can get your own tutoring session at scannerschool.com slash tutoring. So today, we are going to break down some differences between receivers and scanners. There's two different animals. They do very similar features, but they're not exactly the same here. So I would think of these as being more cousins than brothers and sisters in the radio world, all right? I mean, both receive frequencies, both can scan frequencies, both don't transmit. They each do what they were designed to do very well, or better than the other one, let's put it that way. And again, too, we're going to talk about a lot of different things here, and if you're looking for a receiver or a scanner, we'll put some links in the session notes, and there'll be affiliate links, so you can go ahead and buy them and help support Scanner School at the same time. Again, those will be in the session notes at scannerschool.com slash session 174. But listen, it's no secret that I enjoy the scanner radio hobby. I mean, I've even got my own podcast you might have heard about. I don't know. But I'm also a big user and collector of receivers. This is getting to be my favorite time of year when I start using my receivers even more. And we'll get into the reasons why in a little bit here. But most of the receivers in my collection are handheld receivers. It's it's just what I'm most comfortable using and, and how I enjoy using them. But it's also the receivers that I can afford and also what my little parcel piece of land here allows me to use most efficiently. I'm not going to spend a lot of money on a receiver if it's going to go into a little teeny tiny antenna here. There's is, is some benefits when you, when you spend more money, and we're going to cover that again here in the podcast. But the reason for that is really because, we, to, as, as we've learned previously, right, in order to receive low frequencies, typically you need larger antennas, and I'm just not into that part of the hobby that deeply in order to warrant investing my time and money into there. I mean, not to say I don't enjoy it, but right now it's not really where I am I am set up right now. So I do own plenty of ICOM receivers. It's typically where I gravitate towards when I'm buying receivers. Not to say there's anything wrong with the ASU or Kenwood type of equipment. It's just I'm just more at home in the ICOM world. Just like we all have our own personal preference when it comes to Whistler, GRE, Rio Shack versus Uniden, right? We, we kind of pivot towards one side or the other. It's wherever we feel more comfortable. So with that said, I own an old ICOM ICR1, an R5, an R6, an R10. I also own an ICR100, a, a PCR100, a PCR1000, and a PCR1500. Yeah, I've got a small collection of receivers on top of a rather large collection of scanners. So let's break things down here. This is going to be a pretty quick podcast, and we're going to go through about 10 different bullet points here on the differences between scanners and receivers. So let's click kick off the first one here. Receivers have a larger receive footprint than a typical scanner. So a typical receiver can receive down into, say, about 10 kilohertz, maybe sometimes even less. We, we consider like zero hertz to be DC, right? Because you've got no 
no cycle, right? It's DC is direct current, which means it's either positive or nothing or negative or nothing, right? So it doesn't oscillate like a sine wave and a sine wave again, again, as fast as you can change that sine wave, you will start changing the frequency. When you don't have a frequency and you have a constant, right? That's zero hertz. So that's no RF basically. So when you start really, really, really low in the band, right? You got really, really low frequencies. You got really large antennas, really large wavelengths. So depending on the receiver that we're using and how much money we're going to spend for it depends and dictates pretty much how low in the band you can go. How low can you go on the receiver, right? So typically we're looking at about 100 kilohertz, give or take, is about the bottom of the receiver. But you can go up as far as a couple of gigahertz, 1 gig, 2 gig, 3 gig, much higher than that. So... What you're going to get out of the box as far as usable frequency ranges, because it's going to be a lot larger in a receiver. The typical scanners typically start as low as 25 megahertz. And again, money may vary on this one and go to about 1.3 gig. Again, money may vary. Money may, will dictate where this can go. Sometimes it's 23 to 800. Sometimes it's 25 to, uh, I'm sorry, 25 to 1.3 gig. Sometimes it's 25 to just say 825 to 512 with some breaks in between. So again, that's really the frequency band is different on receivers. And I typically enjoy using receivers when I have to go into places that scanners won't allow me to go into. For example, if you want to listen to a shortwave radio broadcast, you're not going to be able to do that on a scanner. If you want to listen to AM broadcast radio, again, not happening on a scanner with really the exception of the older unit in say the br330t which i bought because it had a bar antenna so i can listen to the am broadcast stations on a scanner but at this point receivers will all have that built in okay next up scanners have more modes typically not found in receivers for example nxdn dmr p25 these are pretty much now commonplace modes of reception that we can have in a scanner, right? When we start breaking into the digital world, not so much on the receiver market. Receiver markets are still pretty much non-existent when it comes to digital. There's a couple of exceptions, but not many. Now, flip side on this one, with our next bullet point is receivers have modes not found in a scanner, such as upper and lower sideband, AM, CW. Some receivers We'll do D-STAR, we'll do P25, we'll do DPMR, and NXDN. So again, why is this important? Because it depends on where you want to use your radio and how you want to use it. it would kind of dictate if you're going to go with a scanner or are you going to go with a receiver. Okay, this is another one that's up for debate here. Scanners have better memory management than a receiver. I am on the fence on this one, or I'm on the side of the fence of saying that if you need better memory management, you definitely go with a scanner. Receivers are a little bit more cumbersome when it comes to management. Like, for example, out of the ICOM IC6 manual, basically you've got 1,300 alphanumeric memory channels, 50 scan edges, 20 auto-write memories. The R6 basically has 22 memory banks. Okay, so let's break that down. If we're looking at a DMA-style scanner, we have an almost infinite number of memory banks. We have 9,000 memory channels. You don't get like scan edges and auto-writes like you do in, in like with the R6, but you're not limited to just 22 memory banks. 
Okay, so it's a little bit different in a receiver than a scanner. Receiver, you're going to be you're going to be in a different mindset when you use a receiver than in a scanner. Now, another bullet point here is that receivers have more options, many more options when it comes to the frequency, step sizes, and your flexibility. Sometimes a scanner is hard coded with the, the, the step size. Is it going to be twelve point five? Kilohertz is going to be 6.25 kilohertz. Well, in older scanners in the UHF spectrum, you were only had 12.5 kilohertz. So if you were using something now that's ultra narrowband, say like if you want to listen to FDNY, which is using frequency step sizes of 6.25 kilohertz, you are not going to get an exact tuning on that frequency anymore. You're going to be off. So it's very important, you know, again, when you buy newer scanners that you make sure you've got a scanner that can support the narrow banding, such as on VHF and UHF, right? Well, when it comes to a receiver, you have control basically over the step size. You can go in there and you can say, I want a step size at 100 hertz uh, or 100 kilohertz, or you want to even go to 12.5 kilohertz, 6.25, right? So you can really dictate where the scanner is going to tune into when you turn the dial. So I told you, it's a fast episode. On the other side of this break, we're going to break down the last five of ten bullet points that I've kind of put together, which will differentiate a receiver versus a scanner. So make sure you stay tuned for the final countdown at the other side of the break. Did you know there are ways to help support the Scanner School podcast that doesn't take any time or any extra money on your part? If you go to scannerschool.com support, you will find we have several ways that you can Continue to do your online shopping and help support us. We have links to Amazon. If you click on our link before you go to Amazon, anything you buy from there will help support Scanner School. Now, if you're in a market for a brand new scanner, an antenna, other accessories, we have links to Scanner Master, where you can not only purchase a scanner and accessories, but you can also get your radio programmed. And by clicking on our link before you buy, you are helping to support the podcast. Now, if you're in a market for software, we have links to Butel. And if you want something new to you, we also have links to eBay. Again, just go to scannerschool.com support before you make your purchases, and you are helping to support Scanner School at no additional cost to you. This session of Scanner School is sponsored by East Coast Pagers. Now, East Coast Pagers is one of my online companies, and we are a Unication, Apollo, and Swiss phone dealers serving the North American market. Now, if you're looking for a personal use pager or one for your department, we can get you a quote at the very best prices. So why does a company like East Coast Pagers support Scanner School? I think that every scanner reader user should at least put one pager in their collection of radios. The reason why is very simple. It frees up your scanner to just do scanning, and then you have one radio that's dedicated to your local fire activity. Now, with a pager, you can have voice storage. You can do tone outs. You can keep it silent. You can go back the next day and listen to what you've missed overnight. It's more than you can do with an out-of-the-box scanner. And with today's pagers, having multiple frequencies and even having multiple channels in a scan list, like the Unication G1 can do eight channels in a scan list. It has 64 memory channels, and out of the box, it comes with 11 minutes of stored voice and a desktop charger. The G2s to G5s, they do P25 phase one and phase two in simulcast environments with stored voice, paging on conventional NP25. Oh, and they're upgradable too to DMR type one and type two. They are more rugged than today's consumer-based scanners 
And with a pager like a Swiss phone S-Quad, you won't even realize you're wearing one. It'll help keep you informed as to what's going on in your neighborhood. So again, eastcoastpagers.com or contact me directly, phil at eastcoastpagers.com. Do you have a new scanner? You're having problems understanding how it works? Maybe you're new to the entire Home Patrol database of programming and you can't figure out Sentinel. Did you get a new SDR and you're trying to figure out how to install it or you want to learn how to use Unitrunker, DSD+, maybe set up a Pioware, or even just make some changes and you don't understand how this system and the equipment works? The podcast might be great for you, but maybe you need a little bit more of one-on-one help with setting something up. I'm available to do just that with you with our private tutoring sessions. You can book me online by going to scannerschool.com slash consulting for a one-hour session. And it's great because we can actually share computer screens remotely, and I can guide you through step-by-step as if I was sitting right next to you. So again, book me for an hour at scannerschool.com slash consulting for your scanner radio one-on-one tutoring session. National Communications Magazine is your personal library of scanner, CB, GMRS, FRS, MURS, and two-way radio articles written by the best minds in the business over the past three decades. Your NatCom personal online access account allows you to download the newest issues of America's Hobby Radio Magazine, as well as back issues too. So visit natcommag.com to download your free sample issues and sign up today. That's natcommag.com for National Communications Magazine. Okay, so let's get into some of the bigger things here that are differences between scanners and receivers. I know you're probably all waiting for this one. Yes, scanners support trunking. Receivers typically do not. So unless supported by software, such as with the PCR 1000 or 1500 or 2500, they use a piece of software called PCR trunk. And again, the ICOM receiver, the PCR receiver, was a computer-controlled receiver. So you were able to tune around independently. There was no buttons to push, right? This was basically just a black box that connected either USB or serial into your computer. So with software, yes, it could trunk, but you had limitations on what it could do and everything else. A scanner, hands down, will work on trunking much better than a receiver. Okay, what's another bullet point here? Receivers can be expensive very expensive high-end commercial grade government grade receivers can cost an upwards and over ten thousand dollars for a rack mounted or professional desktop receiver and these have phenomenal specs what you're going to get off of it what you're going to use it for i mean these are people who are going to be chasing dx or are going to be using this to receive something, again, governmental use, et cetera, et cetera. For example, an ICOM IC9500 is going to cost you $12,500. The very popular, though, IC8600, which you'll find a lot in the hobby world, is still a $22 to $2,500 radio. It's expensive. But for those who enjoy low-band bottom basement band reception, monitoring utility bands, DX band. This is where they want to spend their money. They've got the hardware. They've got, and I'm saying hardware as far as they've got the antenna set up. They've got the property size. They've got the right conditions to support buying a radio of that investment. 
I don't here at my house. I don't have a big enough land to or tall enough trees. I don't have any trees really to put a random wire up that would help me at all with a radio at that size. I could put antennas up and I could enjoy a a good time with a handheld receiver. But again, handheld receivers could be prone to overload when you hook it up to an antenna like that as well. Commercial or desktop rack-mounted expensive receivers are more at home in those kinds of environments. So if you're really, really, really into the receiver world of things, you can spend over $10,000 if you want to. Again, you want to compare that to an SDS-200 and complain an SDS-200 costs you too much money? Yeah. Let's figure out how many SDS-200s we can actually afford if we were to cut out buy an expensive piece of receiver hardware. So let's see what else we have here on the list. Some receivers, here's another bullet point here, some receivers can support dual receive, such as the ICOM R30. Okay, the ICOM R30 is a $560, $600 receiver. This is pretty much ICOM's top-of-the-line handheld receiver, and it does quite a bit. And I have been looking at buying one of these for myself for quite some time, I'm just having a hard time justifying the purchase, although I'm pretty sure by the end of the year I'll I'll have one of those, I'm sure of. But it's a nice radio, and again, it does have dual receive in it. So you can put two tuners in there as well. AOR was also working on a receiver that had – it was built for – people who want to monitor aviation, and it had four receivers in it. It was built more around the SDR world, and they had prototypes out there, and I haven't seen anything from AOR that actually said it was commercially available, but that was a really cool piece of product. Again, you can receive four things with one radio, and again, scanners out there are not supporting that right now. Again, your Baofeng can do it if you're not in scan mode. Amateur radio can do it. Again, they're not really scanners either, but Again, find me a scanner that supports dual receive, not using priority. I mean, true dual receive. You're not really going to find one. So maybe this bullet point is really directed towards one particular receiver in general. But again, it's something you can't do with a scanner. Okay, let's go on another bullet point here. And that is scanners have better alpha tagging features. The longer bank tags, longer system tags, longer group tags, etc. can be done on a scanner. Receivers typically have shorter segmented displays are not really meant to be used such as with the way that dot matrix or regular LCD displays that you find on the 996s, the the, the home patrols, even in the whistle line and things, right? That's not what you're going to get on an ICOM ICR6. It's more of a segmented display. So far, far ahead of receivers is scanners when it comes to what you're going to look at and the information you're going to get out of a scanner. So again, told you a quick episode. Last point here. We're going to get this one over to the scanner side of the world. With close call and signal stalking, scanners can help you find a closer frequency faster than a receiver can. So again, I'm going to give the edge on this one to a scanner radio. And again, we've done a comparison on close call versus signal stalker. So if you want to check out that one, that's in the back catalog. But each one of these has a place in your setup. Now, again, I enjoy going out by the fire pit in the spring and summer and fall months and taking a you know, receiver outside with me and tuning around to the AM bands or tuning around to shortwave listening. It's just something I enjoy doing, going out at night. It's crisp. It's cool. It's, it's just nice outside to spend a couple minutes alone. 
and again, tuning around the dial and just see what I can pick up and receive. You know, if I, if I find something interesting or something I would want to just play around with, it's, it's really cool to be able to do that on the backyard. Again, you could take it to the beach with you or something like that as well. If that's one of those things you enjoy doing. Again, a lot of people enjoy using receivers for aviation and they find they just work better in the aviation spectrum. And again, I, I typically put a lot of aviation stuff in all my receivers. I tend to put some rails and some other non, I would say non-essential stuff in there. So I'll throw my local fire department in there if I want to change it up a little bit. But typically I have a lot of low band stuff in there, shortwave radio stuff, aviation. Those kinds of things are what's sitting in a lot of my receivers. And again, how many receivers do I need? I really only need one, but I've got a pile of them. So, you know, I've, guys, I've, I've got the disease. Again, receivers are great for listening to AM broadcast band. Again, something you cannot do on the scanner. And again, something that's nice to do if you're listening to a ball game or sports or maybe even if you want talk radio or something like that is nice to do on an AM radio. So let's say you want to dip your toe into this receiving world, but you don't want to invest in a piece of hardware. So we can really do that for about 30 bucks here. You can go and check out our free SDR course. That will show you how to get started with software-defined radios. But if you jump into our advanced course, we're going to show you how you can spend a little bit more money and jump into a higher-end SDR that will work a lot better than the $30 receivers in shortwave radio and in AM broadcast and DXing and stuff like that. So again, if you want to learn about basic... SDR use. And guys, I did tweet tease to $30. So if you use the SDR.com blog dongle, you can actually set that one up to go down into HF. There's other ways around it as well. But again, the, the higher end models have better filtering and they will give you a much better time when it comes to uh, setting up broadcasting or receiving that way as well. And again, also in software defined radios, you can also use somebody else's receiver. So there might be somebody who has a better receiver than you do, or maybe you don't have a receiver and you want to tune around and play around with somebody else's radio. You can do so, whether they're across town, across the state, or across the country, or even across the world. There's ways to log in and use other people's software defined radios. And again, we cover that in our advanced SDR training course. So if you go to courses.scannerschool.com, Dot com, you can sign up for our basic or advanced SDR course. So again, all sessions from today's podcast we found online at scannerschool.com slash session 174. Please make sure you're subscribed to this podcast by clicking the subscribe button on your podcast player of choice. Or if you're on YouTube, click the subscribe button and the bell. And also check out our weekly newsletter, which you can subscribe to by going to scannerschool.com and clicking on the scanner school of uh, the newsletter link or by just filling out the form on the front page that will subscribe you to our email newsletter and most importantly if you enjoyed this podcast please share this with somebody who's also in the scanner radio hobby our goal our mission is to help as many people as possible in the scanner radio hobby and we can only do that with your help if you help share the podcast so jump on your facebook group or your twitter page or twitter feed or whatever it is that you want to use just go ahead and share this podcast to your friends all right guys again we'll catch you all again next tuesday my name is phil lichtenberger and this is scanner school we teach you everything to know about the scanner radio hobby we'll catch you all next tuesday 73